We are live. Welcome back to Coffee with Craner. I am here today with Cesar Arazian uh, from Team Goring. He's a realtor, was also a top producing uh, car salesman um, for multiple companies a few years ago and then uh, became a realtor. He was awarded top agent by transactions, top agent by volume, the Pitball Award, Rookie of the Year Award uh, from Team Gore and just this past year in 2022, which is phenomenal. And you've only been in the business as a realtor for what, two years now? Uh, 18 months. 18 months. And uh, swept the floor and is back-to-back -back, uh, top producer for, for Team Gorin. Um, I'm excited to have you on to Thank talk you. about real estate and also being an, an automotive sales consultant yep. and how those two are related and what the success um, has looked like in both careers and for those that are watching just to get some advice on on those career paths so absolutely we're gonna have a great conversation happy to have it in person today thank you and these uh, microphones are actually sponsored by caesar so it's greatly appreciated and i uh, look forward to continuing to use them so thanks for being here no problem thank you so much for having me uh, every show i ask question relating to coffee yep where in windsor essex is your favorite i know you have something in the cup there we do absolutely um so it's cliche, but I obviously like my Starbucks. Um, like everyone else, I think Anchor House has been phenomenal for people that are willing to travel into Walkerville to get their coffee. I'm in Lakeshore, so um, I'm driving by the Starbucks before I get to work. Um, my coffee of choice is a uh, Grande Nitro cold brew. Um, it's just, you know, basic black, super energy, you know. Um, so it's the coffee of choice. And then, uh, you know, if I have to kind of fall back on a coffee that, you know, isn't cold, it's just my Pike regular roast bolt from Starbucks. Okay. <laughs> this man knows his coffee is all I can say. <laughs> I've never tried nitro, so I'll have to. Yeah, uh, it's really good. I have to give that a whirl for yeah. sure. Um, I, I mentioned you were previously an automotive sales consultant. Can you walk us through how you made that switch to, to real estate? How did that yeah, happen? Absolutely. So uh, for 13 years, uh, I was in the automotive sector as a salesperson. Uh, humble beginnings was given my opportunity by the Revenberg family. Shout out to the Revenbergs from here. Um, so I had gotten into the business, obviously the grind, um, to build a name and obviously build a portfolio big enough. 10-hour, mm -hmm. um, 12-hour days, very tough business, obviously very competitive. Um, and that led to other avenues, bigger avenues, uh, a bigger portfolio, um, and then moved on to the Raffi Auto Group, uh, very large, obviously one of the largest um, auto groups in Ontario, as we know, and they've branched off into the U.S. Um, that led to different avenues. I was able to get to Rose City Ford, and thanks to um, John Chisholm and Sophia Chisholm, I was able to be a manager and learn the ins and outs of the business, mm -hmm. which I really wanted to do. I, I wanted to be intertwined with the business to learn, you know, the back end of it, not just sales. Uh, and that branched out uh, to my final spot where I was hired by um, the Lanou Mayhew Group, Tom uh, Mayhew and Craig Lanou, with their dealerships at Motor City Chrysler, um, Lanou Chev and Premier Cadillac. Shout out to those guys also. Uh, and uh, the chip shortage happened where yeah. the automotive sector took big nosedive in inventory and um i was doing uh anywhere between 30 to 35 cars a month for a wow. um and i had dropped down to about five six cars because we couldn't sell vehicles anymore you know covid gave us that uncertainty so that led to my mentor and current uh boss who actually has been reaching out to me for the past decade to make the transition into real estate and uh, 
I had to make the leap of faith. So mm-hmm. it went from being a top producing automotive salesperson to literally jumping right into Humber College um, and going full time in a record pace. And I believe it was uh, 68 days where I completed the Humber course and signed on with Tingorn Remax Care Realty. Um, Like to actually, you know, you know, I had a promise and I fulfilled that promise to my now mentor. And it's obviously been a fruitful relationship. Yeah. And uh, in my first year, he's um, mentored uh, a bunch of agents, but it's proud for me to be able to say that I landed 50 plus transactions, uh, built a very strong base in my first year. And I'm, I'm super happy about it. What was uh, your first year? What was the toughest part? Just, you know, the learning curve, the learning curve of new business. And uh, I know that we talked about this prior between you and I about, you know, what it is that gets you to that next level. It's nurturing clients. It's, 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 a, it's a longer sales cycle. In automotive, someone can come into uh, a dealership and have a lease program that you're able to get done within 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, they walk in, they're looking at a truck lease and the payment's posted. So it's pretty simple. It's a big ticket item, don't get me wrong, but with real estate, you're dealing with the largest financial transaction yeah. somebody is taking on in their life. So it takes more, you know, it, it takes more guidance. It takes time to bring them to the winning path, to coach them, to explain to them the processes, to have an amazing communication level, to be able to get them to buy or sell real estate. So uh, that part was a little bit of a struggle, that instant gratification. Mm-hmm to a longer sales cycle. Does it, does it require more research on your end? 100%. Compared 100%. to automotive? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're talking about, you know, more legalities involved in real estate. We're talking about land titles, properties, types of properties, you know, commercial, mm-hmm. residential, um, all the legalities and, and the contracts, all the documents that have to come together compared to one purchase and sale agreement on an automotive transaction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what, what would you say are, are some similarities between cars and houses when you're selling them? So again, a lot of people say sales is sales, right? I mean, ultimately you have to close a transaction, but you know, I think that being that it's a sales related field, Mm -hmm. that would be the only similarity. I can't see much more being similar uh, other than it being a sales role. But in terms of real estate, you're truly an advisor. You're truly a confidant. You're somebody who is literally you know, guiding that person, holding them by the hand from the beginning to the end of the transaction. So um, it's sales, but again, there's different facets to it. There, there's more of a process to it and you're 100%. really walking the client from start to finish. Absolutely. And, and the, the process is much longer than oh, the cars, right? Absolutely. Like if you were turning around, you said 30 to 35 vehicles a month. Correct. Sales were just happening on the day, right? It built up to that though. Um, originally there was much more of a grind, right? I mean, people had to trust you people. You had to get your name out there. Mm -hmm. Um, after a while it turned into appointment only basis where people would come in and they would wait their turn and pretty much say, I have to see Caesar to get a lease deal. To this day, I still get phone calls from people saying, who do I go see? Where do I get the next lease deal? And uh, we even had an interaction. So I'm proud to say that I still help, help as many people as I can. And, you know, funnel them to the right people in the industry, but I'm fully hands off and 
real estate's my baby and brick and mortar's always been something that I love. Yeah. And I want to talk about that. I recently purchased a car and you, you helped me tremendously yeah. with that. Um, and just shows the type of person that you are. Sure. Why, why did you do that? And why do you do that for others? If you're uh, not getting, you're not getting anything. No, that, at all. That, absolutely. I mean, I have nothing to do with a financial tie to the opportunity. It's just help as many people as you can be as good of a person as you can. Right. I mean, and it's all going to be karma related. It's all going to come back tenfold. Yeah. Um, and that's what I've learned in life is that the more that you can assist and guide people, the better person that you are, the more people are going to trust you ultimately. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure it's huge. I mean, it, it shows, I think for those people that you're helping, yeah. they want to help you in the future as well. Right. So it, like you said, it comes back. There's that, uh, yeah. uh, you know, good karma that comes from it 100%. for sure. Um, and I, I think the same way, um, going a little bit back to cars and selling properties, yeah. um, how have you adapted those those sales strategies? Uh, we talked about how the process is a bit longer. Um, how are you adapting that now being in the role? So in re regards to adaptation, yeah. um, I mean, like I said, the learning curve is at this point, we're always learning, yeah. right? I mean, real estate is the type of opportunity where I know people in the industry for 30 to 40 years, I'm sure they're watching the live feed. Mm -hmm. they'll attest to this, that they're always learning. There's yeah. always never ending learning curve in real estate. With automotive, I felt like it was very much so um, when you get to the pinnacle of the game and you understand your processes, it's just very repetitive. Whereas in real estate, you have to adapt. You have to grow and learn that each transaction comes with its own perils, its own successes, and the learning curve is much bigger. Um, so I feel like you know I've adapted in the sense that I've become a better salesperson. I've become a better nurturing salesperson. Uh, and I've learned that, you know, in that long haul process, it's not just about selling real estate, right? It's about guiding the client to the right property as a buyer mm -hmm. and getting them the most for their transaction, selling their property, right? And that's what gives you a better name and brand yeah. is that they know that they can trust you. And if you can adapt to be that guidance, that, you know, that light, for them to be able to follow, you know, um, I feel like you're going to have longevity in your career. Is there somebody that you entered the career 18 months ago right. and, and I would imagine you had little to no knowledge of how to sell real estate. You've never Absolutely. done it before. Absolutely. Was there somebody you worked closely with that you was a mentor to you that has guided you Absolutely. a little bit? So it's the same thing in my career. Absolutely. So we, we at Team Gorn Remax Care Realty have a immense uh, roadmap. So when you get in there, there's an onboarding process. Mm -hmm. Once the onboarding is complete, um, you then take on the mentorship program where you become a mentee to one of the top producers. My mentor was Daniela Matic. Big shout out to Daniela. Thank you for all your help. And of course, Goran. Yeah. Uh, Goran's oversight is with everyone, everyone on the brokerage. It's not like he doesn't hear, see, or be involved in all of it. Um, so yeah, and we have training constantly. For example, tomorrow morning, uh, we'll be at the WFCU Center as a group. Uh, about three weeks ago, we had the Power Up in Real Estate event that Goran hosted. Last week, we were at the uh, Chicharo Club, sorry, the Kaboto Club. So every week, there's constant in-person training. Every morning, there's Zoom meetings at 9 a.m. So we're ever-evolving, ever-learning, and uh, we're a group that's intertwined. So if there's any issues, anyone on the team can help. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we, we obviously have office managers. Uh, yeah, we have transaction managers. So we have Elizabeth Duchesne. We have Jen Bartnick, uh, and they're immense wealth of knowledge. 
Yeah. And without that, it's, it's tough starting out on your own. Right. Just like you. I mean, when you're, I have questions, you have Joe, yeah. you have Ron and you have people yeah. you can turn to. Same thing with us. So yeah. Done, so. It was a huge, uh, selling factor for me to join this business is that I needed somebody there that, that could, uh, you know, help me whenever I right. needed. Right. Um, because you need that, you need that, uh, that guiding light. Of course. Big time. Um, I just want to flip the switch a little bit to yeah. talk about, um, building trust. And this was, we had a conversation yep. about this a bit earlier. Yep. Um, how do you establish that trust with your clients, whether it's selling cars and selling homes? It's sure. something that I think um, anyone that's entering sales, it needs to know about. So how, how do you do that? So for me, the key component, I've always said this in videos prior and in interviews prior, just like in real estate, it's location, location, location. Mm -hmm. In trust, it's communication, communication, communication. If you're not communicating with your clients properly, and you're not providing the knowledge to be able to get them to the finish line. Um, and you're not readily available for them because the aura behind real estate, and again, no knock to the industry or to any other agent, I say that right up front, you have to answer your telephone. It's tough to get a hold of somebody if they're not driven to help their clients. Mm -hmm. I'm available 24 seven. It's tough. It's a tough gig. <laughs> I think you answer text messages in like 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And not I, even. People, so. <laughs> people, people kind of joke about it. They call me twiddle fingers because I'm like, right, Johnny on the spot. And, and I think that's what it is. You have to be available for your clients to, you know, it's a, it's a very nerve wracking process. You got to understand we're talking about hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars invested into their largest financial transaction. You have to be there, life. and yeah. you're you're on the other end of it when you're obviously funding the transaction. Yeah. So whether it's me or you, whether it's any facet of the business of a professional that's lending or guiding as a realtor or a broker or an agent, you have to be there. You have to be able to communicate with them, whether it's a buyer or seller, um, in any part of their transactions. You have to be able to communicate properly. You have to be able to calm their nerves. You have to be able to give them the guidance that you're on the right path, that uh, even in a heating up market at the moment, as you can see, we're in multiples again in this crazy market that we're in because of inventory restrictions. People are in multiples. Mm -hmm. You might submit several offers and not win. So that might cool the buyers off where you have to communicate properly that you're there to make sure that ultimately you're going to get the job done. Mm -hmm. Sellers, on the other hand, um, they could have properties that would sell in 48 hours. They can have properties that if not priced correctly, or if you're not spearheading it correctly, it could sit on the market for two to three months. You have to be the agent that has to be communicating with them to get them to the finish line. It's not about just putting a for sale sign and just, you know, booking showings. It's about letting them know on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis what the next steps are to get them to the finish line. And, and on that, when you became a realtor, were there things that you didn't realize you were part of, of, of selling? 100%. 100%. I mean, the time and effort that goes into real estate is immense. I mean, I didn't think that it would be this much effort that goes into the process because, you know, I've had agents myself before I became an agent and they made it look so easy. Right. But then there's so much heartache that goes in behind the scenes. Yeah. And what, what is that exactly that? I mean, it could be anything. It could be whether it's an inspector you got to bring through the property, issues with the property um, that you didn't see in your initial walkthrough when you put a conditional offer in and the property needed an inspection. Financing issues where somebody got, you know, the financing necessary but didn't use the right mortgage broker so their funding fell apart. Uh, and these are all things that as 
you know, the tape or the glue of the system we have to bring together and keep in place, Mm -hmm. right? So people think it's just offers and closing dates and everyone's happy and realtors, you know, make a ton of money and that's it. But um, there's so much more to the business. And how do negotiations work? You know, how does does one successfully negotiate uh, a a deal? So it's a little bit different for every realtor. Um, For me, I'm obviously getting the award for Pitbull for a reason. I mean, I'm, I'm always on the offensive. Um, and I believe I have to fight for my client's best interest. It's a fiduciary obligation that they're becoming my client. I'm always on the offensive. Of course, I can play it defensively, but I've succeeded because I've always attacked. Mm-hmm. Um, to get them the best deal as a buyer and top dollar as a seller, that's the goal. And do it in the cleanest and smoothest transaction possible, if you may. Yeah. So for me, it's uh, negotiating, but negotiating, and again, it's a sandbox. So we're all in it as realtors. So I'm proud to say that we all have to actually work together to get everyone to the end line, whether it's a seller or a buyer. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's thinking about my clients and what I have to do to get the deal done. So I'm, I'm much more aggressive than the average realtor, and you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to hold back and say. What do you, what do you mean by aggressive? Um, you know, people. Uh, like, are you going into a room and, and offer presentations come up and you're you're yelling and screaming? No, like, no, no, what do, no, what do you no, mean of course by not, it? Of course not. Um, <laughs> aggressive in the sense that I'm approaching the opportunity so that my buyers may not have to go into multiples. We might preemptively get the deal done because I feel like the property is clean. Um, it's definitely a property we want to approach. Uh, it checks all the boxes off. We're financially ready. Mm-hmm. And to instead of being in that multiple chaos, I might approach the listing agent and convince them to take an early, earlier offer in, in, in a bully offer. Um, and that's just one method. There's yeah, several, yeah. obviously. We don't want to go into the secrets, Say <laughs> hey? You got the secret sauce. We don't want yeah, to yeah. reveal it all. Um, you, you mentioned, uh, just going back a little bit, because um, we have some time here, sure. 30 to 35 cars a month. Correct. That is a ridiculous yeah, number. Yeah, it was. How did that happen? So when I got in the business, I was hungry, obviously, right? I wanted to prove that I could be one of the best. Um, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy. It took, again, some sacrifice. Family time was taken away in my early career in the first three to four years in the business. I was lucky enough to take on uh, a few portfolios of legends past in the car business mm-hmm. where dealer owners uh, decided that they wanted to hand me down you know, these books of business where I could dig in deep. Uh, and bring back the clients back to their their dealerships. So I took the task at hand and uh, built on that portfolio, and it turned into, you know, basically the analogy of the snowball going downhill into a boulder. Uh, and that's what happened. Towards the end of my career, I had people that trusted me, and you know, I became a household name in the car business. And I want to bring that exact same feeling into real estate. I want to mm-hmm. make sure that when people say that I want to reach out to somebody that I can trust. That's going to get the job done. My name would come up. And was it, uh, you know, the, having that book of business referrals that would, would re- absolutely you know, eventually just take place automatically? Absolutely. It, it turned into um, a network, a network of people where, you know, they would refer and then that referral base would grow like, you know, leaves and branches on a tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Windsor being such a small town, obviously, and very tight knit, once something good happens, it spreads. And yes. uh, if you're going to do well, you're going to carry that, you know, that, that aura of he's amazing. Go mm-hmm. see him. That's why trust is so important. Of course. And that right. ties right back into the trust. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I want to leave off with just some general advice yeah. 
what would you give to somebody that's looking to um we'll, we'll just focus on real estate sure. they're looking to become a realtor sure. what would be that advice you'd give to them jump in wholeheartedly don't do it where you're you're focusing on multiple careers doing it on a part-time basis real estate's very grueling it's, it's a tough industry uh, it's a cutthroat industry so if you want to be a part of real estate you're going to have to jump. You're going to have to take a leap of faith. You're going to have to go wholeheartedly into it. Study, uh, complete your licenses for all the new agents out there, uh, get your Humber degrees, um, and then interview. Interview brokerages that you feel are going to be, um, you know, working to your benefit, working to help excel your career uh, and providing you the best path to success. That would be my advice to the young agents. What about income stability? Obviously, you, you jump into this role. Right wholeheartedly sure there's nothing to fall back on so and again anyone that's ever succeeded in life in any sector of any part of business has taken that leap of faith and i'm not against somebody doing it on a part-time basis mm -hmm. but if you're really looking to take it to the next level you do have to take the risk um and again same with you you're a mortgage agent and we're commission-based people if you're not funding a deal you're not getting paid on it right Yes. So in the most successful people, if you ask anybody who's been successful from the Elon Musk's of the world, mm -hmm. all the way down to, you know, somebody who is head of operations or um, somebody that works in a manufacturing facility, let's just say, if you're not wholeheartedly into your job and you're half, you know, one foot in and one foot out, yes, you can't succeed. That's my honest opinion. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Some for it's tough, right? Not of having course. that uh, stability or they, yeah. they're in their current job and sure. they're, they're on the fence or like, I don't, I don't know. You're going to go from, let's say, I don't know, 50, hundred grand a year to waking up every day unemployed, right. not knowing if you're going to get your next paycheck. Right. I can assure you that if you look at it from both sides of the fence, the people that made the jump that have the willpower and the ambition to succeed are going to so much quicker then the worry of what ifs. Yeah. The what if world is the death of all success. I think we'll leave it at that. What the what if world is the death of all, all success. success. Okay. Is that your line or is that it is? I don't okay. know. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's trademarked. Who knows? Um, but Caesar, thank you so yeah, much no for, you for, for taking the time. Me. It's a pleasure. Uh, this was fantastic. Those that are watching and watching after the fact, thank you. You can visit coffeewithcraner.com for all the episodes and to watch this. Be sure to like and share and make sure for your real estate needs, you contact Caesar. He'll get the job done. Thanks, everyone. Talk soon.